You are listening to Press Church Podcasts. Please enjoy this week's message. The title of my sermon is The Blessing of Abraham. We're going to talk about that today, and I want you to receive it. It's, it's a powerful, powerful word. It'll change your life. It'll change your perspective. It'll change your mind on what God has done for you. And we're going to start with our passage of Galatians 3, chapter 13 and 14. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Right there is an amen moment, if you ever had one. Having become a curse for us, there's another amen moment. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on that tree. Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Say, that's me. In Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, did you see in the first part in chapter 13, I mean in verse 13, it says that Christ had to die on the cross for verse 14 so that the blessing of Abraham could come to you and me, the Gentiles. That in order for this blessing to come, God had to send His Son to die on the cross so that we could have access to this blessing. It cost Jesus His life for this blessing to bestowed on you and me. And if this blessing cost the life of the Son of God, then it makes us, it forces us, it dares us to dive into what this blessing is. If God sent His Son to die on the cross so that a blessing could come to you and me, then I need to investigate what this blessing is and make sure that I apply it to my life because if the blood of Jesus was spilt for me to have access to this blessing, then I want every aspect of this blessing in my life. Hopefully, just in the simple intro of this scripture, we've whet your appetite, we've Got you start thinking of what is this blessing? Can I have it? Is it something that I can obtain? What do I have to do to receive it? And it tells us in verse 14 that we can receive it through faith. That you might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The Scriptures tell us that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the Word of God. And so your faith is going to rise as we talk about this blessing of Abraham that is designated for the Gentiles, you and me, the shrimp eaters, the bacon lovers. And it comes by faith and hearing the word of God. So what is this blessing of Abraham? We talked about in our uh, sermon series in the beginning of January on how to read the Bible, the, uh, one of the hermeneutical laws that we understood and learned about was the unity of Scripture, that Scripture interprets Scripture, that I can read something in the Scriptures and go look for the answer to it, if I don't understand it, somewhere else in the Scriptures. So let's find out what the blessing of Abraham is, so that way we can apply it to our lives. In Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 through 20, we pick up in the middle of this story. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of God most high, verse 19, and he blessed him. This is being Abraham or Abram at the time and said, blessed be 
Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, verse 20, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And as soon as Abraham heard that blessing, look what he did. And he gave him a tithe of all. As soon as he received a blessing from God, his immediate response was opening his hand and blessing God back. We could preach a whole sermon on tithing right there. We'll save that for a later day. But we see the blessing that the priest of God spoke over Abraham right there. Let's go back to verse 18. I'm sorry, verse 19. Blessed be Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, verse 20. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. The blessing of Abraham is right there. That Jesus died on the cross. His blood was shed. He died so that that blessing can be made available to you today. From reading that passage, we see three key components to this blessing in our lives. Number one, elevation. Number one, elevation. Number two, possession. And number three, dominion. That the, the blessing of Abraham that's on your life is elevation, is possession, and is dominion. Now we see these three components at the beginning of time when God speaks and makes, Ab- and makes Adam out of the dust of the ground. He makes informs Adam who is dust and he breathes into him and makes him in the likeness of himself. Elevation. I would call that elevation. He's a pile of mud and all of a sudden he's elevated to looking just like God and being just like him. Elevation with Adam. He also tells Adam to fill the earth. Possession. He also tells Adam to subdue the earth. Dominion. So we see at the very beginning of time, as he creates humanity, he already puts this blessing in place. Elevation, possession, and dominion for humanity. If we go to Genesis 9, after God destroys the earth, but he saves Noah and his family. In Genesis 9, he tells him once again to fill the earth and subdue the earth. Then we see in Genesis chapter 14, Abraham being told the same thing, being blessed with the same thing. All of a sudden, we can look at this pattern that God has created as he's speaking to, as he's speaking to humanity, generation after generation after generation. He wants to remind them, you are blessed with the elevation, you are blessed with possession, you are blessed with dominion, and then he gets to us and the Gentiles, and he says, they still need to receive that blessing, so my son will die for them, so not only will the Israelites experience, and all of those people, but all of the Gentiles and all of the world can receive the blessing of elevation, the blessing of possession, and the blessing of dominion. And it's time for us to receive that. Today, we now see a pattern of the heart of God for humanity on how and why we are made and what we are made to do. Let's talk about elevation, the blessing of elevation. We see in chapter, in verse 19, he speaks to Abram, and the very first thing he said is, Blessed be Abram of God most High, that word most high in Hebrew is Elyon, E-L-Y-O-W-N, Elyon, E-L-Y-O-W-N. 
we see it translated here as most high, but it means, the word itself, elevation. It means loftiness. It means uppermost. And that word God, the word is El, El Elyon, God of elevation. And he calls Abraham, you are blessed, Abram, of the God of elevation. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7, Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus and he tells them, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. And here it is in verse 6, elevation in your life. And he raised us up together and made us sit together, not in earthly places, but he elevated us up where? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show us the exceeding sins that we've done, the exceeding failures that we've done, the exceeding this or that. No, 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 the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. He's raised us up. He's elevated us. He's brought us out of some things. He's bringing us out of some things. The beginning of the blessing of Abraham that it starts with is that Christ died so that you could experience elevation from your sin and brought you to a place that you could never experience or achieve by yourself. He brought you up there. He elevated you. We talk about this over and over again, that God is bringing us from glory to where? To glory. From faith from where? To faith. Glory to glory. Faith to faith. Continual elevation when you are a Christian. You're not going from glory to the gutter. You're going from glory to glory to glory to glory. I'm only getting better. I'm only getting better. Miss Karen came up here and shared. She says, as I get older, I continually see the hand of God. And it keeps getting better and better and richer and richer and grace, gracier and gracier. I love this blessing. Let's go back to Genesis 14, verse 19. He says, blessed be Abram of God most high. When you become saved... Just like God changes Abraham's name, you are no longer known by your name. I am no longer known as Jeremiah, but now that I'm saved, just like Abram, I am now known as a Jeremiah of God Most High. Makes you sit up a little bit in your chair, makes you straighten that imaginary tie. No longer is your name just your name. Now you can tack on the blessing of God most high. You might not like your last name. You might not like the family that you came from. You not might like the family that you married into. I love the family I married into. You might not like the nicknames that people have given you, things that people have said, but God himself has allowed you to use his name in your name. I am now known as Jeremiah of God Most High, the God of Elevation. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. As Karen referenced this scripture. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in earthly, ble in earthly places. No, no, no. He's elevated us into heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This scripture shows us that right now we are blessed with every blessing in heaven. 
whatever you can think of that's going on in heaven more than likely is not bad. You're not thinking, well, probably in heaven there's debt collectors. I wonder if there's hospitals in heaven. I wonder if there's slums. I wonder if there's drug dealers. I wonder if there's this or that. No, no, no. When we think of heaven, we think of forever healing, of forever prosperity, of mansions, of God's throne, of angels singing, holy, holy, holy are you Lord God. Every time they circle him, they see something new, that Jesus is there, that the tree of life, that there's the river of life that's flowing there, that there's mansions, that there's animals, that there's gold streets. We think of those things, and it says that right now you have every spiritual blessing that is in heaven because he's elevated you. That right there should be a good enough blessing that we can pack it up and go home. There's still two more blessings. The next blessing that we see in chapter 14, verse 19, it says that he is the possessor of heaven and earth. Blessed be Abram of God most high, elevation. The second blessing is possession, possessor of heaven and earth. You see, God made a covenant with Abraham. Covenant is stronger than a promise, stronger than a handshake. A covenant, what we do in marriage is whatever I have is yours and whatever you have is mine. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's actually how God had the audacity to ask Abraham for his son. Because whatever is yours is mine, whatever mine is yours And I need you to go sacrifice your son. And because of that covenant, and Abraham said, yes, I'll go sacrifice my son because I know that you said through him, he's going to be the future generations. I don't know what will happen, but somehow you'll raise him from the dead and we'll continue the lineage. And as soon as he said, I'll do it, God stops him and says, wait, 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 for now I know that you'll do that. And it opened the door because God said, whatever's yours is mine, whatever mine is yours. And if you offered your one and only son to me, I can offer my one and only son to this world and to all of your generations. The power of the covenant. The power of the covenant. So everything that Abraham owned, God owned. Everything that God owned, Abraham owned. Which is why the priest was able to bless him with the blessing of possession of heaven and earth because God owns heaven and earth. So therefore, whatever he has is Abraham and whatever Abraham has is his. So therefore, not only is God the possessor of earth, now Abraham is the possessor of heaven and earth. And that same blessing is in your hands now to be the possessor of heaven and earth. God changed Abram's name a few chapters later from Abram to Abraham. Abram means the exalted father. Changed his name to the father of many nations. God had been telling him over and over, you're going to be a father of many nations. As much stars are in the sky, as much sand is on the seashore, that's how many generations and children you will have. And he didn't have one son. Couldn't get his wife pregnant. Tried so many different avenues. Had a baby with his wife's slave. That didn't work. 
tried to figure it out, and then God changed his name. And now, Abram, who is known as Father, who whenever he met people, whatever he put on his social media as Abram and shook his hand, Hi, my name is Abram. People said, Oh, you're a father. Well, I don't see any kids. Is he in the tent? Uh, did you have twins? Are, are, are y'all separated and your wife has the kids this weekend? I, I don't see. He said, no, my name is Father. And then God shows up and says, no, now your name is Abraham, the father of many nations. Now Abraham has to go and meet people, stick his hand out. Hi, my name's Jim. What's your name? My name's Abraham. Wow, father of many nations. How many kids do you have? How many grandkids? How many great-grandkids? don't have any yet. But there's a principle here that can change your life. Before Abraham had possession of being the father of nations, all he had was a confession that he was the father of many nations. The power of confession. He hadn't possessed one kid yet, but all he did was confess I'm the father of many nations. God told me I'm the father of many nations. Hi, my name's Abraham, father of many nations. Well, I don't see you had any kids. Yeah, but my name's Abraham. I am the father of many nations. Before he ever had possession, he had confession. You see, faith doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense to confess things that aren't there in the natural it's the cart before the horse. Why would you call, why would God call him Abraham knowing that he didn't have any kids? God, what are you doing? The problem is you can't reason with faith. Faith in God is unreasonable. It goes against all of our natural instincts. Faith is not careful. It's not calculating. It's not concerned, it's not considerate of the situation that you're going through. Faith, it it doesn't really care what you're going through. Faith is the substance. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So my faith, And receiving the blessing of possession starts with my blessing of confession. If I'm not confessing the blessing, how am I going to possess the blessing? Look at Romans chapter 4. This is Paul talking to the church of Rome about Abraham, who contrary to hope, in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations. How? How did he become the father of many nations? According to what? His confession to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. Verse 19, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah. It wasn't even him. It was him and her. There was more faith he had to bring there. Verse 20, 
He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. How was he strengthened in faith? By giving glory to God. I don't see the answer, but by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. That he took on a debt that I couldn't pay so that my debt is already paid. He started giving glory to God in every avenue that he could have. I don't see you have a kid. God said I have a kid, so that kid is coming. Giving glory to God, he and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Whoo! Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the, in the muscles, in your hands. I can go and grab death and life with my hands. I can work for it. I can run for it. Death and life are, is in the power of my bank account. Death and life is in the power of my vehicle, my social status, the color of my skin, my gender. Death and life, it's in the, that, all that, right? That would make sense. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Your current confession in life will be your future possession. You need to start now declaring by faith God's word to possess your new future. We are sitting in a room full of people that in some avenue, in some way, are walking by faith in what's going on. We have people in this room and people in this congregation who have been healed by cancer, that they received a diagnosis of cancer. Same diagnosis that people out in the world have received. Same types of cancer that have killed people. But that wasn't their confession. As Karen was diagnosed with, with cancer last year, scripture that came to me is, you will live and not die, and you will declare the works of the Lord. And that was the scripture we stood on. That was our confession. We didn't have the possession of the healing yet. We didn't have the evidence yet. We didn't have that. But that was our confession. And we walked into that possession when the doctor did surgery and said, I don't see anything. Miss Deborah, every time she comes in, she tells me about going to the doctor, ringing that bell, being healed from cancer, and always getting a good bill of health to every doctor she goes to. And what I tell her and what we say is we already know that. God's already healed her. We already know that. That's our confession. And the possession is when the doctor says, oh, wow, you're healed. Oh, yeah, we knew that. Thank you for Larry and Joe. When they're here, Larry was diagnosed with cancer many, many years ago. And you hear Miss Joe's confession. She said, the only thing that I could say, the only thing that I could pray is, by Jesus' stripes, he is healed. Her husband's still alive. We have people in this place that their confession was for God before they ever saw it. I think of Susan and Alberto's story. Miss Susan's confession for her husband and her marriage even though it was rocky at times and 
You have to hear his testimony, and we'll let him share that sometime. But her confession was that her husband was coming back to God. And it wasn't in the first year, and it wasn't in the second year, and the years after that, but here they are, still together, sitting. Confession. What's your confession? What's your confession? Because your confession will lead you into that blessing of possession. Mark 11, 4. This is Jesus speaking. This is God Himself speaking. This is Him telling us what to do. We follow the red. That's, that's what a lot of people say. Well, I read and follow the red. Well, this is what God tells you to do. This is what Jesus is telling you to do. Therefore, I say to you, whatever, whatever, Wait, hold on, God. Let's take a sidebar real quick. Jesus, let me talk with you. You can't say whatever. You, you cannot tell them whatever because they'll think of some crazy things. They'll, 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 you're just giving them a license to believe for just all kind of stuff. So rethink that before you say it, okay, Jesus? Okay, guys, he's going to talk again. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you might have them. Fingers crossed, you'll get them. I'll try and put in a good word for you. No, no, no. You will have them. Your possession is your confession. Your confession is your possession. Your possession is your confession. The blessing of possession starts with your confession. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. If you are in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. So God and Abraham have a covenant. God says, whatever is yours is mine. Whatever is mine is yours. And then this scripture says that I am a part of Abraham's seed. So therefore, I'm entitled to that same blessing and covenant. So therefore, if God is the possessor of heaven and Abraham's the possessor of heaven and earth, then I am a possessor of all that is in heaven and earth. And if you are saved and believing Jesus and that he died on the cross so that you could experience this blessing, then you right now are the possessor of heaven and earth. Blessing of possession. You know what? Two of those would be great would be phenomenal. Thank you, God. We could pack up the book and we could go home, but there yet is a third part of this blessing because our God is an abundant God. He gives and gives and gives. Where sin abounded, grace abounded so much more. His love is deeper and wider and longer and stronger than anything that we could imagine. The last part of this blessing is verse 20, I believe. And blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. The last part of this blessing is dominion. Dominion. If you read further up in Genesis chapter 14, it talks about a story of these five kings coming together to fight four kings. And the four kings beat the five kings. And the four kings took all the spoils 
took all the women and children, took everything from those five kings. And what he also, what these kings also took was Abraham's nephew, Lot, and all of his possessions. And Abraham said, whoa, 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 you're, you're not just going to take my kid. You're not going to take my nephew and his stuff. So let's pick up in the story, Genesis 14, chapter 14. Now when Abram heard that his brother, his nephew Lot, was taken captive, he armed his army. Well, now let's think. This is four kings and four of their armies. Who knows how many people are associated with each army for each king, but Abram said, I'm going to get my army. How many? Oh, 318. They're not even military, trained servants who were born in his own house, and they went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces. Wait a second. You only had 318, and you're fighting four kings. 318 divided by four is 79.5, which means he said 80 people are going to take on one king. All right, you 80, uh, we've trained you, you're good to go. Go get that king and his army. Here's the next 80. Okay, cool. No, you're not going to help them. You've got your own king. Okay, the next 80. Hey, y'all are doing great. I see your sword fighting. It's improving. Go get that king. And then the last 80. Hey, guess what you're going to do? You're going to get that king. Let's go get him. And attack them and pursue them. Not only were they, they weren't in a defensive. They weren't retreating. It says that they were pursuing them. They were going after them. Which is north of Damascus, verse 16. So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods as well as the women and the people. Do I have another verse? Um, And the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shiva. That is the king's valley after his return from the defeat of that king right there and the kings who were with him. So he goes and does all of this before he ever even gets the blessing. Because he knew who he was, and he knew who was on his side. He went out and just defeated those kings, and when he came back, God was there to bless him even more. Don't tell me God doesn't want to give us stuff and bless us and cause us to prosper. Because my great, 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 double great, triple great grandfather, Abram, had a relationship with God. And because he had that relationship, I get the benefits too. Dominion. The odds were not in the favor of Abraham when it came to fighting this battle. But the favor of God was on Abraham's life. Because Abraham was blessed of God... He was already, listen to this, he was already in a position of victory before he even started the war. 1 John 5 verse 4. For whatever is born of God, you've been born again, you've been born into his kingdom, what's the blessing of that? Whoever's born of God overcomes the world. And how are we going to overcome the world? And this is the victory of overcoming the world. Our faith! God did not create you to simply cope with your troubles. God did not create you to lose 
God created you and blessed you to win. The enemy is no match for you. You have been blessed with the blessing of dominion. 1 Timothy 6 verse 12, the first part of it, Paul is writing to his son Timothy, and he says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. And the reason you can fight that good fight is because you're already in a position of victory to win before it even happens. Pastor Eric always says, God plus me is the majority. So who cares who comes against me? Romans says, God is for us. He's for you today. Then who can be against you? Who cares? Who cares what's coming against you? The devil's been defeated already. Who cares? Who cares about the people coming against you? What they say? What they try to do, do your best because I'm already victorious. I've already got the full armor of God on me. And I'll defend every fiery dart. Every fiery dart. Won't let one single one get through me, to my family, to my kids, to my church, to my finances, to my job. Not one single dart. You're not doing it, devil, because I have dominion power and the blessing of dominion in my life. The blessing of Abraham. That Jesus died on the cross so that that blessing could be given to you. How much would your life change if you just took one of those blessings and applied it to your life today? How much would your family change if you applied two How much could this community change if we applied all three and we walked in that? When someone dies, you usually go to the lawyer and talk with them if they had a will. And the will in the testament is read of what is available to you. So and so died and they left you this and they left you this and they left you this. Today you've been at a will reading. Jesus died, and he left you a blessing. And he just read that will to you of what you all can receive by simply believing in his death. You have been elevated to a new position and a new name in life. You are no longer just your name. I am no longer Jeremiah. I am now Jeremiah of the Most High God. You are the possessor of all things in heaven and in earth, and it's time for you to confess and believe in faith, and ultimately receive it. And the last part of that blessing, you have been blessed with dominion over everything. That includes any type of sin. That includes any type of stupid devil. That includes any type of troubles, insecurities, or whatever's coming against you. The blessing of Abraham is available to you, available to me, available to all of us. And it's time for us to start walking in that. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up today. Father, we thank you for this blessing. The blessing of Abraham that you have given to us through your son's death. That we can receive it by faith today. God, I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you that they are a son and daughter of the Most High. And because they are, they have been elevated today. Because they are your son and daughter. Because they are a son and daughter of Abraham, they are entitled to that blessing, and they have the blessing of possession in their life. 
And Father, I thank you finally that they all have the blessing of dominion in their lives. That everywhere they go, they win. Because everywhere I go, the mystery has been revealed. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. So Father, we just thank you for this blessing. Thank you for this blessing. You didn't have to provide it to us. You didn't have to give it to us. You could have given it to Abraham. You could have given it to just a couple generations after that. But you made it available all the way to the generation of 2020. We can still access it. And even our kids and our children and our children's children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren, they have the ability to access this blessing. So, Father, let this blessing start with me and let me pass it down to my children and their children and their children's children. Father, I thank you for these people that they have the mind of Christ. Thank you that their body is the temple of the Most High God. I thank you that by Jesus' stripes, they are already healed. Father, I thank you that you sent your word and it healed us, Father. I thank you that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against them, every fiery dart that tries to come against them, we shut it down now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that everyone here is blessed with being the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, blessed in the city and blessed in the field, blessed where they are and blessed in the future that you're bringing them into. Father, I thank you that we are part of the kingdom of the God Most High, and we are a city set on a hill. We are the salt and light of the earth. We will not be hidden. We will not be hidden. We will not cower anymore because we have the blessing on our lives, so therefore we're going to go out and win, and we're going to go out and share this blessing with everyone we come in contact with because if it changes our lives, we know that it will impact and change anyone else who tastes and see that you are good. Father, use us this week to go out and tell people about you. Use us this week to invite somebody to church and bring them here to hear this grace message, this gospel message that Christ died for their sins. He was buried in a tomb and He rose again according to the Scriptures. Father, for those who aren't here who are out sick or traveling, be with them and protect them. For those who are here, bless them and protect them as they go home and as they go through the rest of this week. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.